Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here. I have to laugh because never before has Bill Barr been in such demand by any network. Now he's everywhere like a bad like a bad rash. Of course, I wouldn't know that. But that said, he's everywhere. And his pearls of wisdom. Wow. It's amazing to me. We have Republicans on television saying, like our friend Carl Rove and others, well now, we have to stop focusing on Trump. We have to get to the issues. And then we have Bill Barr, who's from that wing of the Republican Party, all over the place, not to talk about the corrupt Department of Justice and the Attorney General who won't recuse himself, who's calling every shot, not the attack on parents at school board meetings. Not the open borders in violation of federal immigration law. And so forth and so on. But Trump. So why don't they condemn Bill Barr? And then we have some of the same hosts who keep talking about Trump, and then they'll bring in somebody who says, the Republicans are going to lose if they don't start talking about the issues. And the host says, that's true, isn't it? Yeah, they need to start talking about the issues. You think Donald Trump wants to be talked about like this? It's ridiculous. It's just like the media say, look how divided we are. When the media divide us. They're instigating more hate and potential violence than any other organized outfit, period. 
It's so true, isn't it? Now, I'm going to continue to have candidates on here. Not always, but mostly in the third hour when I, when I think it makes sense. From your state and from other states. Because our mission here is to save the country. And in hour three tonight, we will have Herschel Walker of Georgia. And we will have other candidates from throughout the country as we have. And yes, from your state, even perhaps from your congressional district. You know, uh, what Biden is trying to do here in attacking the Republican Party and MAGA and everything. They're trying to change the Republican Party. They want a Republican Party that's on a leash. They long for the days of the Republican Party under the Bushes, under the Dick Cheney's, who are basically punching bags. They long for the days of the John Boehner's. We can do business with Boehner and the Paul Ryan's. They think Mitch McConnell, even though they attack him, is the best they can get. Because Mitch really isn't going to fight the counter-revolution on the left. He's not going to fight the American Marxists. He doesn't do anything about the border. He mumbles along. He's incapable of communicating effectively with the American people. He's despised by a majority in his own party. Of course, he annoys them when it comes to the courts, but that's about it. If they had to pick somebody that would lead the Republicans, they'd pick McConnell or Cornyn or Thune or somebody like that. So they have who they want. But what they cannot tolerate are strong conservatives leading the Republican Party. So they hated Goldwater. They hated Reagan. They hate DeSantis. They hate Cruz. And of course, most of all, they hate Trump. So Hillary's out there. Biden's out there. We don't hate all Republicans now, they say. Because apparently it didn't poll very well. But we want to reconstitute the Republican Party, Hillary says. We want to change the GOP back to something we can work with. So the Democrat Party, they insist that they should remake their opposition party into what the Democrats demand it to be. Just like they want to reconstitute, recharacterize, rename equality. And gender. And fairness. And racism. And American history. And the word inflation. And the word recession. Oh yes. So now it's time to remake the Republican Party. We want the Republican Party to be what Liz Cheney says it should be. What Adam Kingsinger says it should be. What Mitch McConnell wants. We want the Republican Party to be as useless and ineffective as it was under the Bushes. That's what we want. The good old days. 
when Republicans, yes, now and then they would win, but they basically were the go-along Republicans. Oh, they talked a lot. We understood that. But basically, we could get things done with them. We call it bipartisanship. Not so with these white supremacist ideologues. I want to tell you a little story about this white supremacist ideologue stuff. I linked to a brilliant essay that's in Real Clear Investigations, which is a great site, all of the Real Clear Politics sites, on my platform, social media, on Twitter, on Truth Social, Getter, and Parler. And after this show, it'll be on MarkLevinShow.com in our archives. It's a brilliant piece. It's not that I was unaware of the contents. It's just another one of these great pieces. And I try to give attention to what I consider really well-done thinking, despite all the static that's out there. And this piece explains how we've now reached a point where you can say anything about men, anything about men, period, but not about women. And you can say anything about quote-unquote white people or Caucasians, anything, anything, no matter how racist, no matter how poisonous, no matter how vile. But you dare not say those same things in the same way about any other race. Period. And the author describes how we got to this point. Now there's some of this, by the way, in American Marxism. Herbert Marcuse and other Marxists. But it's part of the Marxist ideology. It came out of our colleges and universities. Psychiatrists, psychologists, pseudo-philosophers and scholars. If a country's majority white, which America is, and you trash the majority population in a thousand different ways, and you degrade it, and you demean it. Effectively, what you're doing is destroying the country. You're destroying the country. Because if the majority population in the country, and you don't have to pick whites, you could pick others, and you could go to the, the uh, Asia, you can go to... Uh, the continent of Africa, you can go to uh, Europe, whatever you want, doesn't matter. But if the majority population is worthless, or you can pour all your hate and animosity into that group, whether it's Jews in Israel, or whether it's white males, or whether it's Muslims in another country, or whatever it is. You're destroying the country. 
And that's why the Marxists embrace this. And you've seen it move from our colleges and universities to student bodies, to journalism, to psychiatry and psychology, to politics. To politics. And those who have now institutionalized this methodology of destroying this country, most of them are white elites. Phony white intellectuals. That's who they are. I want you to read this piece. I've elaborated beyond what the gentleman wrote, but still, it's very important. You're not white supremacists. Well, there's some out there, there's no question. But to try and paint tens of millions of Americans as white supremacists, any more than you would try to paint millions, if not tens of millions, of blacks is one thing, or Hispanics is one thing, or Asians is one thing, or, or what have you, is grotesque racism. But this racism has a purpose even beyond racism. You attack the founding. You attack the history. You attack the institutions. You attack the law. You attack the traditions. You attack the values. You attack the family. You attack the faith. Because that's what you're doing. Obviously, this isn't to be confused with real Klansmen and real neo-Nazi activity and that sort of thing. But even to have a discussion about this is to walk on thumbtacks. Because in addition to this, there is the control of the language. What you can and cannot say, or how you are to speak, or not to speak. Again, part of this Marxist ideology. I don't candy coat this stuff, folks. I'm like a progressive and liberal and rat. And I don't know why people are afraid of calling a Marxist a Marxist, but it is what it is. Now the insulting of tens of millions of Americans. Because this is the the rational outcome of an irrational ideology. That is, you have to attack the party that most, if not best, but most stands up for the values of the country, for the institutions of the country, for the history of the country, as ineffectively and imperfectly as the Republican Party does it. The Democrat Party does not support those things. It is the vessel through which the American Marxists, whether they be racists, whether they be whatever they are, they vote, 
They support. They operate. More when I return. Mark Lovin. Folks, back in the good old days, we Americans argued about which policies to pursue to improve the country we love. Too often today, we find ourselves arguing about whether our country is great or not, about whether we should love America or be ashamed of it. The reason for this is simple. For too many years, too many of our schools have been neglecting to teach young Americans about America's great heritage of liberty, presenting them instead with dishonest narratives of America as fundamentally unjust and racist. Hillsdale College is weighing in for America by offering free online courses such as The Great American Story, A Land of Hope, and Constitution 101, The Meaning and History of the Constitution. As we get closer to Constitution Day, September 17th, I encourage all of you to enroll in one of these wonderful free courses from Hillsdale. Begin your free Hillsdale College course today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N, for Hillsdale.com. I won't spend the whole night on this. There's a lot to discuss. But have you noticed that Marxism... That's an observation. Marxism is mostly embraced in societies that have not been developed, where there was not a civil society, where things such as our Bill of Rights didn't exist. Look at it. Look at it. The idea that Marxism is spreading in the United States of America that has a constitution, supposed to have a limited central government that has a Bill of Rights to protect the people as individuals and groups from that government, that it's a fairly, extremely open society where people can pretty much do what they want within certain limits. Marxism was never really contemplated for a society like this even though Marx spent most of his life in Great Britain, he wasn't thinking of Great Britain. Even though he was born in Germany, he wasn't thinking of Germany, even though Germany lacked those rights. Great Britain, in most cases, did not. So toward what ultimate ends do these so-called interests lead people, and what methods do they want to apply in order to reach them? They never tell us. Marx never tells us. I'll be right back. Folks, back in the good old days, we Americans argued about which policies to pursue to improve the country we love. Too often today, we find ourselves arguing about whether our country is great or not, about whether we should love America or be ashamed of it. The reason for this is simple. For too many years, too many of our schools have been neglecting to teach young Americans about America's great heritage of liberty presenting them instead with dishonest narratives of America as fundamentally unjust and racist. Hillsdale College is weighing in for America by offering free online courses such as The Great American Story, A Land of Hope, and Constitution 101, The Meaning and History of the Constitution. As we get closer to Constitution Day, September 17th, I encourage all of you to enroll in one of these wonderful free courses from Hillsdale. Begin your free Hillsdale College course today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N, for Hillsdale.com. 
When Mark Levin speaks, the backbenchers take notes. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Thomas Ricks works for the Washington Post. And he was on the Morning Joe this morning. And here in part is what he said. Cut seven, go. I think that there is a 20% of America that basically is white nationalist uh, that in recent years felt permission to act out on that uh, and were given permission by the president and the Republican Party. I think the large bulk of Americans don't like white nationalism, especially violent white nationalism, and they are reacting to it now and saying enough is enough. Uh, You people... Go back under your rock. 20%. 20% of America is white nationalist. That means tens of millions of Americans are white nationalists that should go back under their rock. Do you see what I'm talking about? Thomas Ricks is a sleazy, poisonous, Individual who is promoting violence, in my view, and hate, which is the entire nature of these Marxists and their movements. And that's what he is, whether he knows it or not, whether he cares or not. 20% of America is basically white nationalists. Would he say 20% of any country is anything? Would he say that about 20% of Muslims in the Middle East? 20% of black people in the continent of Africa, 20% of Asians in Asia, 20% of Hispanics in Central and South America. Would he ever say anything like that? Of course not. And if 20% of America is basically white nationalists, he's not living in the same country. But it's now a useful phrase. It's now a useful phrase. White supremacy, white nationalists. And you can say it without consequence of any kind. Because these corporatists, their board members, their management are all in. They're all in. Now, he may believe it, but that's beside the point. He works for a major corporation that's owned by the second wealthiest man in the world, Bezos. And nobody blinks an eye. Nobody blinks an eye. Big deal. And it is said every day. In a thousand different ways. It's really quite chilling. Now there is something I wanted to tell you today. As we move on. We never permanently move on. We just move on because we're limited to less than three hours. Given commercials and so forth. There was a filing today. By the Landmark Legal Foundation. Of which I am chairman. But I had nothing to do with this. It's the president, Pete Hutchison, and the fantastic staff 
our buddy Mike, our buddy Matt, and so forth, with the Internal Revenue Service and others who oversee our tax laws. And here's the beginning. This, I think, will really draw your interest and attention. It's a complaint that's filed with the Internal Revenue Service against the American Federation of Teachers. Lamarck Legal Foundation requests the Internal Revenue Service investigate the conduct and tax filings of the American Federation of Teachers, AFT. The AFT, one of America's largest labor unions, boasting a membership of 1.6 million people, devotes considerable resources to political campaign activities. In election years, AFT leadership spends a great deal of time advocating for the election of political candidates. Evidence presented in this complaint shows that during election years, campaigning for AFT-endorsed candidates may be the primary activity of AFT leadership. In 2016, for example, AFT President Randy Weingarten published hundreds of tweets urging the public to vote for Hillary Clinton and publicizing the many political activities sponsored by AFT to support Mrs. Clinton's presidential campaign. Ms. Weingarten tweeted up to 80 times per day and up to 550 times per week during peak election season. Yet AFT did not report, nor did it pay, any taxes on expenditures made to support political candidates. I'll cut to the chase here. Labor unions are required under 501c5 tax-exempt status to report on a separate form the amount of resources, direct and indirect and in-kind, applied to political activities at the local, state, or federal <laughs> level. Excuse me. And they're required to do that for a number of reasons, but one of the main reasons is all the rest of their of the resources that they collect are tax-exempt. Those resources that are expended for political activities, directly, indirectly, in-kind, what have you, are to be segregated, and they are to pay taxes on. So what did they do? AFT did not report, nor did it pay any taxes on expenditures made to support political candidates. And unlike similarly situated labor unions, the AFT reports zero dollars in political expenditures on its tax returns. You believe that, Mr. Producer? Nothing. It's one of the most powerful political organizations in America with enormous sums of money spent to elect Democrats. And they report to the IRS zero. So what Landmark obviously did is they went through their various public tax returns that are publicly available and they examined them. Then they examined the public record on their political spending and their political activities. And said, how the hell do you get to zero? Any individual examining the tax returns of one of the largest unions in the country, they wrote, whose leadership boasts of access to mayors, governors, and presidents. 
would conclude that the AFT does not spend any of its hundreds of millions of dollars it collects in general treasury revenue on political activities. Landmark examined AFT's publicly available disclosure documents from 2016 to 2020. It also examined AFT's audited financial statements as available on their website. And their filings of their COPE, their political education fund, is available on the FEC disclosure databases. They don't account for or describe the political activities presented in this complaint. Goes on. The evidence presented in the complaint tells a dramatically different story. That suggests that the American Federation of Teachers uses general treasury funds to finance political activity. In 2020, AFT sponsored a bus tour that functioned as a roving political rally, generating support for the election of candidates for public office. The AFT Votes bus, the tour visited 24 cities. At these stops, AFT leadership spoke to thousands of individuals not affiliated with AFT. AFT personnel advocated for the election of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and the defeat of Donald Trump. These rallies were not limited to get out the vote or go TV drives, nor were they limited in terms of attendance to AFT membership and members' families. Rather, they served political events staged to help elect Democrat candidates to public office. In 2016 and 2018, AFT sponsored political rallies in cities across the nation. In 2016, its current president, Weingarten, spoke at the 2016 Democrat National Convention, where she advocated for the election of Hillary Clinton. Political advocacy is so woven into AFT's normal course of business that Ms. Weingarten repeatedly goes door-to-door advocating for the election of political candidates. And again, despite these clearly political efforts, AFT reports zero dollars in political expenditures on its tax returns and state that it does not engage in direct or indirect political campaign activities on behalf of or in opposition to candidates for public office. This is on their formal tax returns. How does the American Federation of Teachers reconcile its enormous political presence with its tax returns that report that it does not participate in politics? Internal Revenue Code 501c5 tax-exempt labor unions, including the AFT, are required to disclose fully to the public, union members, non-union fee payers, and the IRS, the extent of the organization's political activities and expenditures. Political activities and expenditures are taxable to the organization unless they are segregated from the group's general operations and conducted through a segregated fund. And then they go through what is significant evidence that I don't have time to get to and through on the radio. It's incumbent upon the exempt organization division of the IRS to determine whether AFT has complied with applicable tax laws and tax regulations. As the AFT is a prominent presence in our nation's political arena and collects hundreds of millions of dollars in dues from thousands and thousands of members, it is imperative this group complies with all applicable tax laws. Then they go through the federal statutes. They go through the various forms. They provide exhibits which is not really something I can read on the air, something you have to look at. It's quite technical. They go into 2016, 
and what took place there with uh, just overwhelming evidence. They get into uh, 2018 again with overwhelming evidence. 2016 and 2018, excuse me, 2017 and 2018 election seasons. And they provide again overwhelming evidence in states as well at the federal level. The 2020 election season, page after page, exhibit after exhibit. And let me just read, get to the conclusion here. And at the very end, the conclusion, IRS enforcement of the Internal Revenue Code enables the public, AFT membership, and non-member fee payers to receive accurate and complete information about political activities. The evidence presented in this complaint shows that for 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, AFT reported $0 in political expenditures, and zero dollars made in transfers to affiliated political committees. It's incredible. Given the recent announcement on increasing IRS resources, it's imperative the IRS conduct a comprehensive, functional, and financial investigation to determine the full extent of the political activities of the American Federation of Teachers. And where appropriate, the IRS should assess income taxes on tax-exempt resources used for political purposes and impose fines and penalties. I have linked to this on my various social platforms. I encourage you to read it on your own and to pass it to as many people as you can, parents' groups, taxpayer groups. Make it available. And this is the sort of thing I talk about in Chapter 7 of American Marxism. You can even do this at the local and state level as you see things. But this is done by Landmark Legal Foundation. You can also find it on their site, which I believe is landmarklegal.org. If not that, landmarklegalfoundation.org. I don't have it in front of me. Landmarklegal.org. Landmarklegal.org. Org. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, back in the good old days, we Americans argued about which policies to pursue to improve the country we love. Too often today, we find ourselves arguing about whether our country is great or not, about whether we should love America or be ashamed of it. The reason for this is simple. For too many years, too many of our schools have been neglecting to teach young Americans about America's great heritage of liberty, presenting them instead with dishonest narratives of America as fundamentally unjust and racist. Hillsdale College is weighing in for America by offering free online courses such as The Great American Story, A Land of Hope, and Constitution 101, The Meaning and History of the Constitution. As we get closer to Constitution Day, September 17th, I encourage all of you to enroll in one of these wonderful free courses from Hillsdale. Begin your free Hillsdale College course today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N, for Hillsdale.com. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Yamichi Alcindor on MSNBC today. Cut 14, go. 
For a lot of voters, abortion is the top issue, along with, I will say, when I talk to Democrats, the issue of the state of our democracy and election deniers. Our poll showing that was the top issue just recently. Certainly. That's what I'm hearing when I hear from people. If you're a Republican, if you're a Republican who really cares about this issue. How many of you have ever spoken to Yamichi Alcindor? How many Republican women has she actually spoken to? This is all bull shingles. For Republican women, abortion is the number one issue. And why does Yamichi Alcindor keep lying about the issue? Do all Republican women out in the suburbs support aborting a baby? Right before birth? How many of you women who've had babies think abortion is merely a choice right before you give birth? Where you can snap your fingers and tell the doctor, I don't want the baby. The doctor says, your wish is my command. And he pulls out the biggest needle you've ever seen in your life. Hold steady there, ma'am. Hold steady. Hold steady, mom. And he takes it and sticks it into the top of the head of the baby. And drains out the brains right in front of the mother who's about to give delivery to the baby. Yamichi Alcindor says that's fine. It's a woman's choice. That's abortion on demand. That's what the Democrat Party voted for five or so months ago. Is that okay, Republican women? Is that okay with you? But Mark, I only favor it. But they don't only favor it under certain circumstances. They favor it under every single circumstance. Is that what your faith tells you? Whether you're Christian or Jewish or Muslim or something else? That that's okay? Is that what your morals tell you? You want to throw in with a political party like that? The debate isn't over the first 15 weeks or over the first four months. It wasn't in Mississippi and it wasn't anywhere else. It's in the final days, the final weeks. That's where the fight is. And Yamichi Alcindor hasn't met a single Republican woman who opposes this. Not one. Well, I live with them and they all oppose it. Every one of them. Every one of them. So the media want you to believe that these Republican women in the suburbs who are moderates are desperate to vote for Democrats, as many as possible, so they will pass a federal law allowing babies to be murdered. Just call it a choice. Right up to the last second before birth. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. 
Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. The reporting on what's going on in Europe and what's going to happen to Europe as it gets colder and colder and colder is incredibly dishonest. And you say it's Russia. Well, it's Russia for Germany, but not the entirety of Europe. Remember when Britain was self-sufficient? Remember all the oil they found off the coast of Britain? Remember that? British Petroleum and Shell, I believe it was. What happened to that? What happened to that? Every industrialized country in Europe now doesn't have enough fuel. Doesn't have enough energy. Why is that? Because they all walk in lockstep on climate change. The degrowth movement started half a century ago in Europe. And they've embraced it, just as Marxism started in Europe. Just as fascism started in Europe, quite frankly. Everybody says, why aren't we like Europe? I say, why should we be? We're America. We're America. Now, the problem with climate change is, it is a false idol. Backed by an ideology. Undergirded by government policy. And funded by you and me. And funded by you and me. The problem with Marxism is they talk about the interest of the individual and the interest of the class and the interest of the of the country, right? But it doesn't solve anything. It's an ideology. And just by throwing around platitudes and generalities doesn't make it so. It doesn't make it so. The Marxists act according to their own interests, but they impose their views on you. In our country, Biden, Harris, Schumer, Pelosi, all of them, they have no idea what comes next in their climate change agenda in terms of industries, creativity, entrepreneurship, technology, inventions, nothing. This is a relative small group of people, when you look at the population of the country, who've grabbed the reins of power by hook and by crook, who tell you stories that many of you, not you as individuals, our colleagues out there, citizens, want to hear and want to know, but they don't have to prove anything. And they haven't proved anything. And they pass laws under cover of darkness. In these massive bills, thousands of pages in length, there's documents we want to know about, but we don't get to. We don't get to. Now, here's a conflict. Here's a problem. They talk about what's in our best interest. Well, who defines the word interest? 
What does that mean? You know what's in your best interest. I know what's in my best interest. As a general matter, we know what's in the best interest of the country, civility, rule of law, that sort of thing. But when it comes to the details and intricacies of running an economy, who's to say what's in our best interest and how does that manifest itself? That's, I'm not trying to get too heady here. I'm just trying to explain as we get to this issue of climate change. And so these interest groups, enormous, enormous hedge funds with trillions of dollars, corporatists, and politicians get together and decide this is in your best interest. But these people, while they pretend to be righteous, pretend to be earnest, pretend to be knowledgeable. They don't know anything. What does Bill Gates know about anything? Absolutely nothing. Nothing. It's all superficial. It's all superficial, which is why they don't generally support a debate, free speech over the subjects. They want to shut it down because it's all superficial. It is impossible under a capitalist system or under any system that's even remotely free to impose on that system a working economic order. It's not possible. Whether it's climate or anything else. There are these insoluble contradictions between the ideology and reality. Between the ideology and reality. We don't have enough electricity in this country to get rid of all electric, excuse me, all uh, vehicles that use the combustion engine. That's a fact. And to say that electric vehicles or electric production of any kind is clean, that is, doesn't create some form of pollution, is a lie. It's an absolute lie. Now, just like Marx, the Democrats have to say that they speak for the people, the poor people, the working man. It's the poor people and the working man who suffer and suffer and suffer. You've just gotten a little bit of taste of this. You women in the suburbs that they say they're targeting, Republican women. Those of you with babies, how's it been finding baby formula? How much does it cost to drive? To take your kids to wherever you drive them. The same people, they want to make sure that abortion on demand is the law of the land. Really? And that's what you're going to vote on? They say it's one of the top issues. It's got 10% support. 10% in terms of the top issue. 10%. We're a nation that's built on respect for the individual. 
not respect for power. Very, very few countries have been established like the United States, where the people in power, as hated as they are by the media, by the Democrats, and by their Marxists, tried to figure out ways to limit their own power and the power of those who would follow them to gift to us a government of limited power so that you would have maximum authority over the circle of liberty that surrounds you as an individual in a civil society. They knew there would be people who disagree with each other. They knew there'd be scoundrels. But they wanted to make sure that they couldn't have all the power or all the power in one election. Or that a faction couldn't control the general population. So they created the Electoral College. They created the Senate, a bicameral Congress, and the House. They created the Supreme Court and left it to Congress to create the rest of the judiciary. They created all these things and later a Bill of Rights to protect the individual. Does anybody listening to my voice now believe the Democrat Party, if they had existed back then and were in control back then, that the Democrat Party would have created a Bill of Rights? Of course not. Or an independent court? Well, listen to them now. Of course not. And America under the current Democrat Party would look nothing like it does today. Nothing. It would be a totalitarian country like so many others. Where the people are impoverished. Where the people are not free to debate. And to exercise their speech. Where due process is non-existent. Where general warrants are issued all the time. For the good of the people. This constant reference to fascists and semi-fascists. This is what Marxist communists do. You don't agree with them. You're a fascist or a semi-fascist. While they are there for the people. They're driving up your gasoline prices for your own sake. Which brings me to California. California is the canary in the mine. It's the canary in the cave. That's what it is. If you don't want to look to Europe, Germany, France, Britain, and France, their top leader, Macron, he says, the era of abundance is over. Wow. It's over. Abundance. The era of abundance is over. In Britain, epic times, 60% of British factories at risk of going under as energy bills skyrocket. Britain is all in on climate change. All in. Britain's manufacturers are warning that their energy costs have already spiraled out of control, with nearly half reporting that electricity bills have shot up by over 100% in the past 12 months. 
Make UK the trade organization that represents 20,000 manufacturers pressuring the government to take immediate action over the energy crisis. The current crisis is leaving businesses facing a stark choice, cut production or shut up shop altogether if help does not come soon. Now, what do they mean by help? Energy. They're starving their economy, which winds up starving the people. Poverty. Degrowth. Listen, you've heard it here first and you've heard it here for years. This movement is about degrowth. Shrinking the economy. The war on capitalism. 60%. 60%. And here, Just Facts Daily, electric cars are not zero emission vehicles. And we've talked about this. Jay McGresty, while praising California's decision to ban the sale of new gasoline-powered cars by 2035... Gavin Newsom declared that this will require 100% of new car sales in California to be zero emission vehicles like electric cars. In reality, electric cars emit substantial amounts of pollutants and may be more harmful to the environment than conventional cars. Toxic pollution. The notion that electric vehicles are zero emission is rooted in a deceptive narrative that ignores all pollutants which don't come out of the tailpipe. Assessing the environmental impacts of energy technologies requires measuring all forms of pollution they emit over their entire lives, not a narrow slice of them. And to do this, researchers perform life cycle assessments. The EPA itself explains it. Life cycle assessments, the estimation of the cumulative environmental impacts resulting from all stages in the product life cycle, often including impacts not considered in more traditional analysis. Raw material extraction, material transportation, ultimate product disposal, etc. And by including the impacts throughout the product life cycle, or the LCA, the LCA provides a comprehensive view of the environmental aspects of the product or process, and a more accurate picture of the true environmental trade-offs in the product and process selection. And they are subject to multiple levels of uncertainty. But an assessment published by the Journal of Cleaner Production in 2021 shatters the notion that electric cars are cleaner than conventional ones, much less zero emission. The LCA found that manufacturing, charging, operating, disposing of electric vehicle, <coughs> excuse me, produces more of every major category of pollutants than conventional cars. And I want to continue with this after the break. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. In a world full of takers, Pure Talk wants to give you something. That's right. Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, they're takers. They take too much of your money every month for way more data than you're ever going to need. Pure Talk, which is my cell company, gives you choices. Only pay for the data you need. That's how the average family saves over 75 bucks every single month. With Pure Talk, it's easy to find the right plan for you and your family. Unlimited talk, text, and choose from data plans from 2 gigs per month to unlimited with a mobile hotspot. All on America's most reliable 5G network. And here's 
another something else Pure Talk is going to give you. This month, when you switch to Pure Talk, you pay for month one, and Pure Talk will give you month two for free. So do this. Just go to puretalk.com, choose your plan, then enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And check out and get your second month free. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast to switch to my company, Pure Talk. Back to this great piece, which is why it'll never show up on any uh, news program, justfactsdaily.com. So these LCAs, the lifetime, you know, uh, uh, pollution aspect of a material or a project. The LCA found that the manufacturing, charging, operating, and disposing of electric vehicles produces more of every major category of pollutants than conventional cars. And this includes the following. And I quote, an increase in fine particulate matter formation, 26%, human carcinogenic, 20%, and non-carcinogenic toxicity, 61%, terrestrial, excuse me, terrestrial ecotoxicity, 31%, freshwater ecotoxicity, 39%, and marine ecotoxicity, 41%. Now, this is relative to petroleum vehicles, so you can see how much higher the toxicity is. Foreshadowing that result, a 2018 report by the European Environmental Agency, one that studies on the human toxicity impacts of electric vehicles were limited and that electric cars could be responsible for greater negative impacts than conventional cars. Similarly, a 2018 article in the journal Environmental Research Letter stated that a failure to account for the environmental implications of mining lithium to make batteries for electric cars would directly counter the intent of incentivizing electric vehicle adoption and needs to be urgently addressed. The 2021 paper in Journal of Cleaner Production has now addressed this issue. It shows electric cars emit more toxic pollution than gasoline-powered cars. Yet politicians who embrace the electric car agenda before comprehensive data was available continue to plow ahead in spite of the facts. And regardless of overall toxic emissions, the European Environmental Agency points out that electric vehicles potentially offer local air quality benefits because pollution from their manufacturing, charging, and disposal is usually emitted away from the densely populated areas. So sw simply stated, switching to electric cars transfers pollution from urbanites in wealthy nations to poor countries that mine and manufacture their components and to communities with power plants and disposal sites. In the words of the 2021 paper in the Journal of Cleaner Production, this transfer of environmental burdens causes workers and ecosystems in third countries to be exposed to higher rates of toxic substances. <clears throat> it goes on. Carbon dioxide is a primary greenhouse gas emitted by human activity. The 2021 paper found that electric cars emit 48% less than gasoline power. Although this is lower, it's not zero. And it'll never be zero. You're going to destroy our country for this. In a world full of takers, Pure Talk wants to give you something. That's right. Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, they're takers. 
They take too much of your money every month for way more data than you're ever going to need. Pure Talk, which is my cell company, gives you choices. Only pay for the data you need. That's how the average family saves over 75 bucks every single month. With Pure Talk, it's easy to find the right plan for you and your family. Unlimited talk, text, and choose from data plans from 2 gigs per month to unlimited with a mobile hotspot. All on America's most reliable 5G network. And here's another something else Pure Talk is going to give you. This month, when you switch to Pure Talk, you pay for month one, and Pure Talk will give you month two for free. So do this. Just go to puretalk.com, choose your plan, then enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And check out and get your second month free. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast to switch to my company, Pure Talk. Mark Levin, tough as hell. That's why I like Mark Levin. And I'm not sure a lot of people like him. He's tough as hell. But I like him. I love him. Call in now. 877-381-3811. Greenhouse gases. Then we'll move on. But I think this is very, very important because this is what's happening to our country. And it will gravely and negatively affect your life. As it has in Europe and as it has in the rest of the world. This isn't Russia cutting off a pipeline to Germany. This is the Democrat Party cutting off energy to our own people. And remember that when you're going to vote, women in the suburbs. Carbon dioxide is the primary greenhouse gas emitted by human activity. I just want to go over this again. And this 2021 paper in the Journal of Cleaner Production found the electric cars emit 48% less than gasoline-powered ones. Is it lower? Yes. It is still far from zero. And a study published for the IFO Institute of Germany in 2019 found that an electric Tesla Model 3 emits 11 to 28% more carbon dioxide over its lifespan than a diesel Mercedes C220D. That's a C220D. Again, LCAs, the lifetime, are subject to uncertainty. No single study is an end-all, but this clearly proves that electric vehicles are far from emission-free. With no regard for those facts, Gavin Newsom asserts that California now is a groundbreaking, world-leading plan, I'm quoting, to achieve 100% zero-emission vehicle sales that will help solve this climate crisis. Contrary to Newsom's claim of climate crisis, a wide array of environmental and human welfare measures related to climate change have stayed level or improved for more than three decades. This includes foliage productivity, extinction rates, forest cover, agricultural production, coastal flooding, rainfall and droughts, hurricanes, tornadoes, and extreme weather fatalities. These empirical facts refute more than 30 years of failed predictions by global warming alarmists. Newsom then adds another layer of deception by stating that the plan reduces, quote, dangerous carbon emissions that pollute our communities. This misportrays CO2 as a toxic, dirty substance. And this is the idiotic debate I had with that fool from Mediate, Sarah Rump. In reality, it is an organic, colorless, non-carcinogenic gas that has no toxic effects on humans, 
until concentrations exceed at least six times the level in the Earth's atmosphere. Referring to CO2 as carbon is also unscientific. That's because CO2 is not carbon. Just like H2O water, H2O water is not hydrogen. There are more than 10 million different carbon compounds, and calling CO2 carbon conflates this relatively innocuous gas with highly noxious substances like carbon monoxide and black carbon. In summary, there's no reliable evidence that greenhouse gas reductions from electric cars will benefit anyone. Like Newsom, the California Air Resources Board boasts that, quote, 100% of new cars and light trucks sold in California will be zero-emission vehicles by 2035. Assuming Newsom and the board members have at least a rudimentary knowledge of electric cars, calling them zero-emission vehicles is a lie. A Google search reveals that journalists and many others are also using this inherently false phrase. The harms of this deceit extend well beyond pollution. This is because electric cars are more costly than other options. And that's why people rarely buy electric cars unless governments subsidize or mandate them. As documented by a 2021 paper in the journal Transport and Environment, mass market adoption of electric vehicles will likely require either the government's restrict the sale of gasoline-powered vehicles as planned in some countries in California, where the battery electric vehicles become cost-competitive with gas-powered vehicles of similar size and styling. Now, regardless of whether these additional costs are paid by consumers or taxpayers, they make people poorer, because these expensive cars ultimately travel fewer miles for every dollar spent. The same applies to other so-called clean energy policies that are prevalent in California. This is a major reason why it has the highest electricity prices in the continental United States, or 77% more than the national average. You are learning facts tonight that you have not learned anywhere else because it's censorship. Such policies increase the cost of living and have contributed to making California the state with the highest real poverty rate in America. Despite its so-called green agenda, California dominates the American Lung Association list of cities with the poorest air quality in America. In fact, the nation's worst four cities of ozone pollution, worst five cities for year-round particle pollution, and worst two cities for short-term particle pollution, while they're all in California. There are certainly many factors, other besides energy policies that have led to those dreadful outcomes in California. But lying to people deprives them of the opportunity to make informed decisions about the pros and cons of those policies. Again, this piece by James Agresti, September 2, 2022. Electric cars are not zero emission. (coughs) In JustFactsDaily.com, and we are linking to this as well. Would it be great if we had a truly free press? A truly free press. Wouldn't it be great if we had a truly free internet? Wouldn't it be great if we could actually exchange ideas and make arguments? 
But that's not the way the Marxists work and their surrogates. They have the answers. They have the ideology. Whether it's health care, whether it's energy. And wherever it exists, people suffer. And then comes out the iron fist. I guess more IRS agents. Or an FBI, as the sort that we have today, and a DOJ. Which is why I get enormously disgusted with the likes of Bill Barr and others. We're just too moronic. Too obsessed. Really a pity. To see the light of the sun instead. They're focused on their own agendas now. Gavin Newsom at a briefing yesterday. Cut 12, Mr. Producer. Go. California and many other Western states are experiencing simply unprecedented temperatures. In fact, this heat wave is on track to be both the hottest and the longest on record for this state and many parts of the West for the month of September. Californians, you've stepped up to help in a big way to keep the lights on so far. But we're heading we're heading to the worst part of this heat wave and the risk for outages is real and it's immediate. These triple-digit temperatures throughout much of our state are, are leading, not surprisingly, to record demand on the energy grid. Everyone has to do their part to help step up for just a few more days. Individuals, the state, industries, business, all doing their part to help reduce strain on the grid. Now, here's specifically what you can do. In the early morning hours, particularly tomorrow and the next day or so, pre-cool your home. Run your air conditioning earlier in the day when more power is available. And we encourage you to close your windows and blinds to keep your home cool as well. And today and tomorrow afternoon after 4 p.m., in particular 4 p.m., please turn your thermostat up to 78 degrees or higher and avoid to the extent possible using any really large appliances. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. And what about food? What should we do about that? What about food? What about 18-wheelers that bring us food? What about freezers and grocery stores that keep the food edible? Hmm? What about that? You know what happens when the electric vehicles don't work, folks? That is, we don't have enough electricity. Not only will you suffer, and your children are going to suffer. You watch. We've now reached a point where they were outlaw vehicles altogether. Or outlaw the number of vehicles you can have. Mark my words right now. I've said this before. Where they will track how many miles you drive. Government only gets more authoritarian, more totalitarian. And then there'll be legal precedent after legal precedent. Federal judge after federal judge. Supreme Court justice after Supreme Court justice. That will rule in their favor. Because once you're unmoored from the Constitution, once you're unmoored, it's hard to get back. Ask the Romans. Oh, there are no Romans. What happened to them? Ask the Athenians of old. Oh, there are no more Athenians. Ask the Persians of old. Oh, they don't exist either. 
And they all existed longer than we have so far. I worry about this country. You know what's strange, Mr. Producer? I don't get a good night's sleep anymore. I just don't. Because here, I know history. You all know history. I know what's happening to the country. I see what's happening to the country. You see it too. And it's hard to just put your head on a pillow and go to sleep when you know these things are taking place. You know what's going to happen in 10 or 20 or 30 years, not because you're Nostradamus, but because you know history. I'll be right back. Mark In a world full of takers, Pure Talk wants to give you something. That's right. Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, they're takers. They take too much of your money every month for way more data than you're ever going to need. Pure Talk, which is my cell company, gives you choices. Only pay for the data you need. That's how the average family saves over 75 bucks every single month. With Pure Talk, it's easy to find the right plan for you and your family. Unlimited talk, text, and choose from data plans from 2 gigs per month to unlimited with a mobile hotspot. All on America's most reliable 5G network. And here's an another something else pure talk is going to give you this month when you switch to pure talk you pay for month one and pure talk will give you month two for free so do this just go to puretalk.com choose your plan then enter promo code levin podcast that's l-e-v-i-n podcast and check out and get your second month free go to puretalk.com enter promo code levin podcast to switch to my company pure talk Every one of these center races is massive. For every reason we discuss here every day. Here's John Fetterman at a campaign rally yesterday, and this is why the man hides. And I don't care what anybody says. He is physically and mentally incapable of being a senator because he's physically and mentally incapable of being a candidate. And the purpose of an election is to represent the people. Not to get yourself an office because you ought to be in office. And it'd be nice if some of these editorial writers would think about that. First and foremost, there's only 100 senators, and he wants to be one of them. And he wants to vote on life and death issues that involve us. John Fetterman, yesterday, cut 15, go. Please understand the stakes in this race. Send me to Washington, D.C. to send so I can work with Senator Casey. And I can champion the union way of life in Jersey, in, excuse me, in D.C. Thank you. Thank you very much. And it's an honor. I live eight minutes away from here. And when I leave tonight, I got three miles away. Dr. Oz in his mansion in New Jersey. You've got a friend and you have an ally. Send me to Washington, D.C. Thank you very yeah, much. He can't, he can't, he can't communicate. He can't think. It's not to be mocked, but it is to be exposed. He is incapable of being a United States senator. He's incapable of surviving on his own. And that is absolutely a fair point. It's absolutely a fair point. If he gets to the U.S. Senate, he'll be the plaything of Chuck Schumer. And we all know it. And then there's this from the Washington Free Beacon, Chuck Ross. 
Senate hopeful John Fetterman, Pennsylvania, appointed a self-described friend of cop killer Mamaya Abu Jamal to serve on the Pennsylvania Board of Pardons, placing a support of the former Black Panther at an office Fetterman has called his bully pulpit for criminal justice reform. Fetterman in January, that's before his stroke, taps the least trustee to serve as secretary of the board, which Fetterman oversees as Pennsylvania's lieutenant governor. Trustee, who served as Fetterman's campaign political director, is a longtime prison reform activist who is called to disarm the police. She's also an avowed supporter of Abul Jamal, who is serving a life sentence for the 1981 murder in cold blood of Philadelphia police officer Daniel Faulkner. She referred to Abul Jamal as a friend and my buddy and has said she frequently corresponds with him. Abul Jamal's case has become a cause celeb for left-wing activists who want him released from prison for what they claim is a wrongful conviction. Wrongful my ass. He stood over this officer and shot him between the eyes. That's how wrongful it was. Fetterman has put his Board of Pardons tenure front and center in his campaign against Republican Mehmet Oz, bragging he's transformed the lieutenant governor position by leading the fight to free the wrongfully convicted and get second chances deserving longtime inmates. This radical kook. He was the only member of the five-person board to vote last year to pardon Wayne Covington, who was convicted of first-degree murder after killing a man to steal money to buy heroin. This guy Fetterman. Is that what you want, Pennsylvania? If so, you're not the Pennsylvania I was born in, that's for sure. Prices on just about everything are still rising. And thanks to my friends at CarShield, I don't have to worry about how much it'll cost to fix my car when it breaks down. Their price will never go up, and they help handle everything. CarShield offers protection plans for around 100 bucks a month. They cover more parts than ever before, whether your car is 5,000 or 150,000 miles. Every protection plan includes coast-to-coast roadside assistance, courtesy towing, and rental car options at no extra cost. And like I mentioned earlier, when you get coverage today, you'll lock in your price. It can never go up. Car Show does my back when my car breaks down, and they'll have yours too. Get coverage like I did. Go to carshield.com slash mark or call 800-391-8888. You'll save 10% on your plan either way. That's carshow.com slash mark or 800-391-8888 to save 10%. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, Those of you who are, or know people who are influenced by the direction that you're intended to follow by the media and the Democrat Party need to rethink this. You're supposed to think about 
2021, about January 6th, forevermore. Circle it on your calendar. Now, the fact of the matter is, January 26th did not change your life. It was never going to change your life. Some people who were violent that day broke into the Capitol building, attacked cops and so forth. They don't represent you and they don't represent me. But the media and the Democrat Party insist that they do. And so when we stand up for people who are innocent, who are committing violent acts, who were there that day, and segregate them from people who are violent, you're not allowed to. Why? Because they want to paint all of us, tens of millions of us, that way. And you shouldn't stand for it anymore. We have a new election coming up, and now's your chance to speak with your vote and to energize your activism or to become active in the first place. But you should remember 2021 for this. This affects real lives. This affects real human beings. The murder rate in the United States last year is estimated to be nearly as high as it was in 25 25 years ago according to fox news when more than 19,600 people were killed nationwide the murder rate was estimated to be 6.9 murders per 100,000 people in 2021 it's the closest the nation has come to the high crime scourge of the early 90s The FBI estimated that 19,645 people were murdered in 1996. In 2021, Chicago, New York, L.A., and Minneapolis, to name a few, reporting upticks in murders. Former NYPD Commissioner Howard Safer attributed the high murders last year to several factors, including cancel culture, woke mentality, that assumes police are racist and brutal, soft on crime policies and lack of support for police. Safer was at the helm of the NYPD from 96 to 2000 and said he reduced New York City crime by 38%. He noted the majority of crimes in America are linked to drugs and guns. Chicago reported the 2021 was the deadliest year in a quarter century. 797 murders. Minneapolis, 96 murders. And God knows this year it's even going to break the record from last year. Look at Philadelphia. Philadelphia. It's not a crime zone, it's a war zone. People are slaughtering each other. Why am I bringing this up? Because we should talk about violence. We should talk about which party promotes it by its policies. Which party, which ideology, who are the people who promote violence? 
January 6th? Are you kidding me? The person killed on January 6th was a protester, a nonviolent protester. That doesn't excuse the attacks on cops and so forth and so on. I'm talking about day in and day out. Day in and day out violence. Which party tolerates it? Which party might even support it with its policies of so-called bail reform? Or just letting criminals out on the street and emptying prisons? Or soft-on-crime judges and prosecutors? Tell me, which Republican mayor supports that? Which Republican governor supports that? Which Republican billionaire is funding that? None of them. Not one. And yet, this is the record of the Democrat Party. This is their record. These one-party cities. New York, L.A., Chicago, Houston, Philadelphia, down the list, one-party cities where the Republicans don't even have a shot, not even a chance, and in virtually every case, not every, but virtually every case, they're in blue states. And why are people leaving blue states? Even more particularly, why are they leaving these cities? Because they don't want to die. Because they want their children to be safe. Because they don't want to be assaulted on public transportation. They don't want to be carjacked. They want their kids to get an education. The party of violence is the Democrat Party. Every damn day, especially on the weekends. Because there are things the Democrat Party can do in these cities and these states that they refuse to do. That they refuse to do. So don't hand me January 6th. We have insurrections going on in this country every damn day. And especially on the weekends. Ask the people who live in these communities what they think. What's a greater threat to their freedom, to their safety, to their family, to their property? What goes on in the city of Philadelphia, my home city, every damn day and especially on the weekends? Or what took place on January 6th? The media are utterly and completely disconnected from the people. And yet, being the good Marxist likes that they are, they create the narrative, the false reality that all of you are to be adhering to. You suburban Republican women, they think they have you wrapped around your fingers because they think you're so stupid that you'll just fall for their abortion line till you really look into it. I think what most people want is freedom, health, 
safety, and a fair shot. That's it. That's it. That's what the people want. And the Democrats are not going to give you that. Their party doesn't allow it. Their ideology doesn't allow it. Freedom is not a word that they use. Private property, two words that they hate. Opportunity, when's the last time you heard them use the word opportunity? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Welcome back, America. It's an honor to have Herschel Walker on the program, running for the Senate in Georgia in an absolutely crucial race. If you want to help him, his site is teamherschel.com, which we have on all of our uh, platforms in a moment. Herschel Walker, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Thank you for having me on. I'm doing very well. I've always been a big fan of yours, even when you played football, which was uh, you were fantastic, and you're a fantastic person i've met you and i know you'd be a fantastic senator for the people of georgia and of course like any republican running in a close state they try to destroy your character they have the media on their side they have enormous amounts of money so how do you think your campaign's going in georgia right now well right now the campaign is going well you know they spent close to 50 million dollars against me And what is so uh, exciting is uh, the race is virtually tied right now, which meaning that Georgia people are speaking, that they uh, they want a new person in that seat, that they're tired of uh, having someone like Senator Warnock representing them because he doesn't represent Georgia, he represents Joe Biden. And he's very much the radical, isn't he? I mean, for any state, he would be considered extremely radical, wouldn't he? Uh, he is, and, you know, he's voted with Joe Biden 96% of the time, and what that means is that you're going to get higher taxes, you're going to get open borders, you're going to get men and women's sports, which he's voted to put men and women's sports. You, he, you know, he's called all uh, men and women in blue thugs and, and gangsters. So uh, he is very radical. But, you know, one, uh, one thing I, I must say is, Right now, uh, I'm going to fight to get this seat back for the people of Georgia because this seat belongs to the people of Georgia. They don't need anyone like Senator Warnock sitting in that seat representing them. Mm -hmm. What do you consider some of the big issues there in in Georgia? Well, this economy is a huge issue. This economy is a big issue uh, because, you know, right now, trying to afford groceries and, and also utility bills. I think people got utility bills that's coming up. And also, uh, you know, you got to think about the crime. You know, in Atlanta, Georgia, homicide is up over 40%. And something that is very surprising, rape is up over 200%. I Jeez. think our criminals have gotten very bold because, uh, you know, people like Senator Warnock that believe uh, helped with Joe Biden to vote for these judges that were soft on crime that the criminals got bolded. And as Senator Warnock continued to call our officers thugs and criminals, you know, it got the morale down. Uh, one thing I love him to do is apologize to our men and women in blue because they work extremely hard and, and they deserve an apology from him. 
is he sort of tied at the hip with uh, Stacey Abrams, that kind of uh, mentality and ideology? Well, he was. They, they have campaigned some together, and uh, I think he, he was tied at the hip with him, but he tried to remove himself from Stacey Abrams, also from Joe Biden, but he can't remove himself from them because he's voting right along with Joe Biden. He's doing everything Stacey Abrams have said, and that's one thing I said he can't do. Quit trying to be a, a wolf in sheep clothing. People know who you are. Come out and let people know who you are. Don't try to trick people right now because it's midterms that people have to vote. People must know who you are and what you stand for. Herschel Walker, you're a man of deep faith, aren't you? Tell the tell the public. I am. I am. I'm very I'm very I'm a man of very uh high faith and that's one of the things that I must say with Senator Warnock, you know, he made a speech that this this country need to apologize for his whiteness. And I say, you know, first of all, had you not read the Constitution? Our forefathers said that every man is to be treated equal. But because of people like him that continue to talk about that, that don't believe in redemption, don't believe in forgiveness, which is written in your Bible. How can you ask your fellow, how can you ask your Heavenly Father to forgive you if you can't forgive your fellow man? And I said, maybe he needs to get back into his book and start reading this book rather than out calling all men and women and blue thugs and criminals. You know, this whole thing, this rejection of Martin Luther King, the attack on people because of their skin color, all these stereotypes and everything else, it, it, is, it is a new racism, and it runs deep, and the country can never come together if this continues. Do you agree? Well, I totally agree. You know, how divided cannot stand. But one of the things you see, you see uh, President Biden is doing it in his speeches. He's trying to separate people. And that's what uh, Senator Warnock is doing, too. He's trying to separate people. And I said they want everyone to think that we're bad people, we're racist people. But I want people to know that we're good people and we're people that we can get things solved together. We have our problems, but we have to do it together. We got to fight together. And it, it starts in November. It starts in November that we get out and vote for the right people that are going to continue to fight for this country, that believes in this country. Mm-hmm. And the people of Georgia, you think they're ready to throw him out? Yo, there's no doubt they're ready to throw him out. I think the people of Georgia, you know, they, they're speaking right now very boldly that they want somebody to represent them that want to bring this country together and bring Georgia together. They want somebody to represent them that believes in lower taxes, that believe in school choice, that believe that men should not be in women's sports. Those are things he has voted for. And I said, people are tired of that and they want to see something different. And you said early on that people need to go to teamherschel.com and put me in that Senate seat and it's time for us to get a change. It's hard to know where they're getting all this money from. You know, I speak to candidates from all over the country. I speak to Ron Johnson in Wisconsin. He said they've spent $50 million against him. There you are in Georgia. They've spent 40 to $50 million against you. And then they talk about all the rich Republicans. Are you being funded by all the rich Republicans or mostly Republicans from Georgia? Well, I'm getting money from Georgia, and that's the reason I'm campaigning all the time, and I will continue to campaign. They're trying to buy this seat, but I want all the candidates out there to realize, do not give the seat up. The people are talking. The money is going to, no doubt, they're doing a lot of advertising, pretending, telling lies. They're telling bold-faced lies, but they believe in defunding the police. They said it. They did it. 
And right now, the, our law enforcement, their morale is down, recruitment is down. And you know, the guy running against say that you can't serve God in the military. They brought wokeness into our military. They believe in this open border. We don't believe in that. So we cannot let them do this to the great people, great people of Georgia. We can't let them do this to the great United States of America. We have to fight. And the way you do it is get out there and continue the campaign. And don't listen to the don't listen to the, the, the reporters because the reporters are not your friend. And they must realize that. Were you always conservative and a practicing Christian? Well, I've always been a practicing Christian. You know, I was, I, I'm a, from a praying family. And people say, have I always been a conservative? Yeah, I've always believed in lower taxes. I've always believed in school shorts. I've always believed in our law and our men and women in blue. And that's, that's what I thought everybody should believe in. So people that don't believe in that, my question is why? You know, one of the things that I was sort of upset about is when Biden mentioned that, that make America great again, like that is a terrible slogan. I'm like, you're the president of the United States. Shouldn't you think America should be great? People that live here in this country, don't you think America should be great? You know, that's one of the things I think we have. We've elected people to office that want to put this country second. Well, we're not second. We're good people. We're hardworking people. And they seem to forget about the people that put them in office to represent them. I know you're, you've got Hannity. You've got these other programs. I want to hold you over for a few minutes to give you more of a voice you, you are absolutely sound fantastic it's teamherschel.com teamherschel.com and we'll be right back with herschel walker himself in today's digital age where cyber threats loom larger than ever safeguarding your personal information is paramount so why is congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Folks, we need to win this seat in Georgia. It'd be fantastic to have Herschel Walker in the United States Senate. Um, and Herschel Walker, you'd be on team, the other team, not the Democrat Party, and they would be furious with you. I'm just being honest because you're an African-American, and they insist that African-Americans vote Democrat and be Democrat. And uh, I wanted to ask you, you have a number of policy ideas. For instance, 
Warnock and his party cannot solve the energy problem because they created it and they don't want any more drilling. They cannot solve the inflation problem because they can't stop spending. They cannot solve the border problem because they created it. And yet, and yet they have 50 members. Do you think you will contribute to taking over the Senate for the Republicans? Well, I think that's the reason we have to take over the Senate for the Republicans, because they don't want to address issues that they created that they can't solve. And it's, and I'm not going to say it's easy to do, but when you take over the Senate, first of all, you got to quit spending. Everyone know the way you can uh, solve some of this economy. Quit spending money you don't have. And the mm-hmm. next thing is, why are we not drilling on our domestic land? Why are we not doing things for our for ourselves and do it here in the United States of America instead of going to our enemies to ask them to do things for us. We're one of the most environmental friendly drilling of anyone in the world today, but yet they go over to some other place of people that don't like us and ask for oil from them. So that's mm-hmm. one of the first things we can start doing. And then, you know, why would you hire 87,000 IRS agents? When yet you need to put people down at the border. We need border patrol. We need to put money into our law enforcement. Why are they not doing that rather than they address everything else except things that need to be addressed for the people? And, you know, you speak of the border. My God, all the fentanyl that's coming in, all the drug cartel money and activity, the horrific uh, sex crimes and... uh, uh, and other, and others coming in this country, and many of them, we don't even know who they are, by the hundreds and hundreds of thousands. That is a an affirmative step. That's an affirmative policy taken by Biden and Warnock and the Democrats against this country, which is horrendous, correct? It is totally, it is absolutely terrible. And one of the things you may not know is, you know, Georgia is not a border state, but over 60% of these drugs coming into this country goes through Atlanta, Georgia. Wow. It goes through Atlanta, Georgia, and Senator Warnock won't address it. He won't talk about it. And I said, that's what is so horrible, that they do not want to address problems that they started. They want to just move to something different, and we can't do that. Mm-hmm. Well, we wish you all the best. We hope to have you back before the election. It's Herschel. It's TeamHerschel.com. TeamHerschel.com. They need the money because they're they're You know, they can't go toe to toe with all this dark money coming in. And we don't know who's sending it in. There's just an enormous amount of money. And isn't it interesting, Herschel Walker? They don't really want to run against you. They want to create a Herschel Walker they run against rather than run against you. Isn't that right? That is totally right. That's why I said that they're going to continue to tell lies. They're going to continue to try to distract people from the truth. Because they can't win on the issues. They cannot win on the issues, and that's the reason why they're going to continue to try to distract people. But I want people to wake up and realize what they're doing to this country. What they're doing is terrible. It's horrible to this country. They're trying to indoctrinate your kids with this woke, and they're trying to indoctrinate our military with this wokeness. And we cannot live like that. We can't do it. So that's why you're right. Go to TeamHersher.com, and it's time for us to straighten things out. Amen. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on. Thank you, my friend. And we'll uh, continue to voice our support for you. God bless you. Hey, thank you, Don. God bless. God bless. What a fantastic person. By the way, when you meet him in person, just the nicest guy in the world. No affectations, you know, just a nice guy.
He's not out there like Bill Barr, you know. Look at me. I can tell you, Trump, sh- you know, could be indicted. They shouldn't indict him, but they could indict him. You see, there are men and women in this country right now, ladies and gentlemen, who are putting it all on the line. So you and I don't have to run for office. They're putting everything on the line. Everything. Their careers, their livelihoods, their privacy, because everyone who runs as a Republican knows that they are going to be character assassinated with millions and millions and millions of dollars by billionaires and others that are raised by the Democrats who outraise the Republicans. Because all these wealthy people, they don't really believe, lots do, but there's a lot who don't. And they put their money where their mouth is. They don't really believe in the system. They've achieved great wealth, now they want great power. Like this idiot, this this big hedge fund guy, Fink, his name is. You rat, Fink, Fink, that's exactly right. Soros, another grotesque slob, if you ask me. But here's the thing. We have a lot of wonderful people who've put their lives on the line, their livelihoods and their careers on the line, I should say. Herschel Walker. Dr. Oz. These are men independently wealthy. They don't need this. I'll tell you J.D. Vance, who I've come to like more and more. He's another one. Ron Johnson. Who doesn't need any of this? They're trying to ruin him, but he's up. And he's running against another radical Marxist. Adam Laxalt. You got... Bud in North Carolina, fantastic candidate. You cannot forget these people who are running. And we're going to have many, many more of them on the program. We've got to do our part. Do the best we can. I just can't sit here and watch this happen. And neither can you. None of us can. There's just too damn much at stake. Marco Rubio in Florida. He's in for a tough race there. It's a tough race. And even the gentleman running in Arizona. Blake Masters. We're going to bring him on the program as well. And as many others as I need to. Victory is very necessary here. And these governorships are crucially important too. DeSantis in Florida. America's governor. He's America's governor for a reason. That's the thing I've given him. That's the, the nomenclature I've created for him because he is. There are other good governors. He's a great governor. All right. Mr. Producer, to whom shall I speak? Sorry to catch a cold here. XM Satellite, Wichita, Kansas. Annette, how are you, Annette? Yeah. I'm good, Mark. It's such an honor to talk to you. Thank you. 
I'm so grateful for you. I don't kind of making me feel like I'm not alone in the crazy, scary things going on. But um, imagine my surprise as a I'm a conservative public school teacher, and yeah. um, we were given directives. A handful of schools in the district were told by the U.S. Department of Justice that we were to comb through our emails to find, the teachers were, um, to find any sort of parental correspondence that parents were unhappy about maybe some sort of um, a consequence or some sort of anything, really. We were given no direction. We were not told why. Um, and, yeah, we were even given search terms like concerned, um, restraint, and what were you supposed to do with this? We were supposed to pour through our emails, find them, put them in a file called complaints, and turn them over to our legal department, who then in turn was going to turn them to the DOJ. And the very I don't, I don't want to expose you. Was, what, what state are you in again? Kansas. Kansas. Yes. In and Kansas, for God's sakes. I know, and I didn't feel comfortable about it. Several other teachers are like me, and we're like, what is going on? And um, the very odd thing about it is the window of time we were told to look. And the very beginning of it was August of 2020, which was when we were all on lockdown and virtual, and ended June of this past year. Those were the, the, the time frames we were told to look in. And if we were in doubt, we were to send it on to them. So I and I didn't even know that we weren't going to be looked at as well. Um, it, it was just very bizarre. So I called the congressman's office here, Ron Estes, and um, I talked to his secretary, and she seemed extremely interested in what I had to say and passed it on to her team, and I haven't heard back. But, you know, and it was called an audit, and um, so we talked to the, the communications person at the district and, you know, not really saying much, but she said it wasn't abnormal. But nobody I know has ever had anything like this happen. And I've been we have the like bureaucracies this. now, the educational bureaucracy is what I call it. And I've called it this for decades, even when I was on a school board at the age of 19. The educational bureaucracy is now fully poised against the parents and they're coming between the parents and the children. That's what the Department of Justice is up to, that Bill Barr and others keep defending, because they're, they're, they're intellectually corrupt. They're obsessed. They're disgruntled. And so, uh, and so they want attention drawn to themselves. Intellectually corrupt, in my view. But this is what's going on now. Uh, so they go after the parents. The teachers' union. Do you have the NEA as your affiliate, a NEA or AFT? Um, NEA, I believe. Yeah. And the teachers' union, I mean, wasn't worth calling because I'm sure there were. No, no, no. Of then you'll teachers. get the. Uh, then you'll get the scarlet letter. Yeah, I know, I know, and I'm sure a lot of teachers had no problem turning in those complaining parents, mm -hmm. of which I did not feel comfortable doing that. Not that I really had any to turn in, no, but, but good it for was you. very unsettling. Yeah, it was very unsettling, and I, I said I had none and moved on. But, yeah, we were not told why. We were just told 
it was it was the Department of Justice who contacted the legal department, who then contacted the principals at the handful of schools, which I thought was strange being in a red state. I'm going to have to go. But one of the good things is if the Republicans take the House, I think they're going to really dig into this. I think uh, Jim Jordan and others, uh, Bates, uh, Biggs, just a bunch of them, they're going to really jump into this. And if they can't get the FBI under control, they're going to have to replace it. It's that simple. I don't care what anybody else says. Thank you for your uh, for your integrity. I appreciate it. Prices on about everything are rising, ladies and gentlemen, and they're not going to come down. They're going to keep rising. I don't want to upset you, but it's going to get worse, definitely, before it gets better. And I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. I see the Department of Justice is leaking about classified information to the Washington Post upset that Trump had classified information. It's too bad Bill Barr and his ilk are not complaining about this. It's too bad our media are not demanding a leak investigation. But of course, they benefit from it. And this would be Devlin Barrett and Carol D. Lonig. And so the information is leaked in a very long article. The Washington Compost came out last evening. Uh, and uh, so you're supposed to, you see, be persuaded by all the leaks, the government and the media working together. The big story is who's leaking. That's the big story. And what is their purpose? That's the big story. Quickly, O'Neill. Chesney, South Carolina, the great W-O-R-D. Go right ahead, please. Thank you, Mark, for taking my call. I'm yes, a 54-year professional recycler. Yeah. Nobody has told us how we're going to recycle these lithium batteries that's hazardous waste for these electric vehicles. Mm-hmm. And I understand without pointing out to any one person that some of these batteries weigh up to 2,500 pounds. Some of the lift truck batteries, the lead-acid batteries, weigh 2,000 pounds just to run the electric lift trucks. How are we going to re- – this is hazardous waste. What are we going to do with it? it? It's a tremendously important question, both the weight and the nature of these, these toxic materials. And um, this is what we expect the free media to do. But you're quite right. This is one of a 1,000 problems with this uh, direction we're headed in. Thank you, O'Neill. Great point. Great point. Let's keep going. David, Alexandria, Virginia, the great WMAL. Quickly, go. Mark, two quick comments. Uh, 11 people were killed in Chicago. It's safer to be a member of the U.S. military dispatched to every hellhole on Earth than it is to be a citizen of Chicago. Mm. And also, the White House press secretary, Peter Ducey, said people were killed on January 6th. 
One person was killed. I wish Deuce they keep, would they say. They keep lying about this intentionally uh, because in a sick way, they need to gin up these numbers. So people afterwards who had a stroke or a heart attack. Okay. How many people had strokes or heart attacks after each riot that took place in 2020? I mean, this is the way it works, unfortunately. They lie through their teeth. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, the men and women who ride, who drive our trucks, and the men and women of Ukraine and Taiwan. See you tomorrow.